Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt. His name is Chase, and each and every week we bring you podcasts that we hope will inspire you to get outside, to do more, to try something new, but just enjoy the great outdoors. Uh, obviously, for us, that's the state of Florida. And today we've got a three a three way roundtable. That's a little subtle shout out to Parker there, a little three way uh, with three Florida boys. I think we have got. Just about every inch of North Florida covered by the representation. We've got uh, two boys on the panhandle of varying, uh, you know, space there, and then we got Chase coming from from Gainesville. We don't have any representation from from South Central Florida or anything down there, but that's okay. I have the distinct honor of saying that Daniel Wentworth, the owner of Honeycomb Custom Calls, is on Zoom with us tonight, dude. I appreciate you carving out time because I know your schedule. We talk on a, on a darn near day-to-day basis right now, and uh, I don't know how you sleep. Yeah, man, we, we stay busy around here, but uh, that's what keeps us going. So we're, we're glad to be on, uh, glad to come on to, to talk to everyone, and uh, we look forward to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's turkey season, which is your busy season for two reasons. One, you like to shoot turkeys and hunt turkeys, and uh, it's your busy season because you're cranking out calls left and right. Uh, it is my busy season because it's turkey season and it's tax season. It's Chase's busy season because he's developed a workaholic mindset uh, here in the last six six to eight months, and so the fact we're all sitting here, I think, is is uh, the alignment of the stars and. Man, you know, your your calls are going to be the star of the show. But before we get to that, man, why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I mean, I, I don't I don't believe is this your first podcast ever? Yeah, man. First podcast ever. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. So it's, it's going to be a doozy. <laughs> so tell everybody who you are, man. Give them the backstory. Yeah. So, so my name is Daniel Wentworth. I'm from the small town of Perry, Florida. Uh, about a year ago, we decided to start and launch Honeycomb Custom Calls. 
Um, we made a few mouth calls and shared with our friends and, and everyone seemed to really like them. So, so we decided to kind of take it to a business and, and move up from there and uh, try to spread the calls around to the masses and, and see how everyone liked them. And so far we've had great feedback. Um, all feedback is, is appreciated. Um, even if it is negative, we, we love that because we can learn from it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's us, man. We're, we just like to get in the outdoors and get after it. We're, we're small town, just the regular hunters. And, and like I was saying, uh, before to you, Walt, like, yeah, you know, you're going to have people on like Scott Ellis and Ray Martin and Ryan <laughs> and all these big time names. And then you're really going to scrape the bottom of the barrel to, <laughs> to bring someone like us out. So we, we truly appreciate that. Uh, if, you know, if there are questions out there that people have definitely default to those guys, uh, cause they're going to know a lot more because, uh, you know, we, we just like to get in the outdoors and we like to hunt just like uh, the listeners here. Well, the truth of the matter is you're actually my competition. And so, you know, in, in every event, you kind of give the competition a heads up. You know, if you're a fox hunter, you blow the horn before you release the hounds. And that's kind of kind of what this is. And so uh, I'm just kidding, man. It's yeah, I can't I can't wait for all the trick questions that are about to pop up to try to throw us in the dirt. Yeah, it should be a good one. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's been a distinct pleasure to get to know you, man. There's there are uh, no shortage of contacts made whenever you have a podcast and there, you know, as is every person you, you find people you connect with, you have that common ground and you can tell you're similar. And so, you know, as I got to know, you happened to be about the same time I started getting into call making and you and Gene Leifert have been giving me a lot of feedback and tips and, and you and I have bounced ideas off of each other. And, uh, you know, it, it's been really cool to get to understand the science of what you do. Um, to run your calls, to give away some of your calls. So if in case anybody says, okay, Honeycomb Custom sounds really familiar. Well, it sounds familiar because we just gave away a bunch of his stuff uh, for the turkey giveaway. And the guys who got it have raved about it. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give Chase the floor here in a second. But Chase, his nickname is Iceman for a reason. The dude's ice cold all the time. He just, if there's the peak here, that's where I reside. And the peak here, that's like missing missing a five-bearded four inch spur turkey that's the highs and the lows right chase is right here in the middle at all times but to get him to break away from that just a little bit and heap praise on something that is telling and the dude loves your calls uh yeah i do i do love his calls um i i mean they fit my mouth really well i don't have to do anything to the calls uh to make them fit in the mouth good uh i've been running the bee's knees this season predominantly uh i'd like it mainly because it's i can get it like we were mentioned before when we were talking before we started recording is i can get that thing super loud and it just echoes through the woods uh and i've all my buddies say it sounds good so for me to make a good sound with a turkey call with a diaphragm call <laughs> they say it sounds good then uh, uh i'm gonna go with that of course my ear may not I may think I'm Scott Ellis out there, but if someone else is listening to it, they may, they may think, man, what are you doing with that call? Um, sounds like a drunk hen or something like that. But uh, yeah, I've been running uh, your calls uh, this year. And before that, I would just kind of, I'm going to be honest with uh, everybody is I would just find some diaphragm calls like on the shelf, maybe that were probably made by somebody local, just pick them up, not really knowing what I was getting. And 
run those. And I realized that it's kind of important to have more than one in your arsenal because there's definitely certain tones that I can't quite make with that call. Like if I want to do like a Kiki run or something like that, I can't quite get that pitch out of it. Um, and which is fine. I can just pick up uh, another one that has a little bit different cut and uh, make that call if I need to. But uh, I've been uh, really impressed uh, with your uh, diaphragm call this year. Thanks, man. I, I truly appreciate that. I, I appreciate the feedback that you've given uh, from that. And kind of like you said, you know, there's not for us and for the average call, uh, the average turkey hunter, there's not one call that can really do it all. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to tough to find that one. So that's kind of why we, we've come up with a few different ones. Um, the the birds and the bees is really your higher pitch, you know, kiki run, but can get really quiet and do your wines and, and when the turkey's coming in. Um, and then you have some more raspy calls like the bat wing or the, the bee wing and the crazy bee. Um, they're really more on the raspy side. And then we have a whole host of, of V cuts, so split Vs that people seem to like. And uh, some of them are, we have one that's a four read, one that's a two read and several three read calls. So we have a wide variety of calls to, hope, uh, to hopefully uh, help out the callers help out the turkey hunter so that you're like, oh man, I, I need to switch over to use this one now because he's, you know, in this position and, and I need to, to use this one because it's a windy day mm -hmm. um, or it's super still, super quiet in the woods. And you know that if you hit the, the bee's knees, you're going to, you're, you're going to turn him off. Um, like one of my friends said, you'd, you'd definitely rather be the be putting than driving, you know, if, a, a golf reference there. Um, so the, the, we found the quieter that you can be with it, uh, to where he can hear it, uh, the, the more success you're going to have. Right. And uh, some of our Patreon members, they, they ask about making certain sounds like a purr. It almost seems like a ton of people have issues, uh, making the purr. And when I was talking to him, I was kind of explaining to him, I was like, well, what call are you running? I mean, it may just be that the specific diaphragm call you're mm -hmm. running, it's super difficult to make that sound and you may have to switch to something else uh, to be able to, to make that um, specific noise you're trying to get or turkey language, however you say it. And uh, so that's why I think it's important to kind of get guys like yourself on the podcast and to maybe explain some of those things that some of us average guys don't really think about we think about oh we can just pick up this mouth call and then bam we can go on that turkey tech app that scott ellis has and we can make every one of those calls with that one particular diaphragm and uh, that's not really the case yeah each call kind of has its own on purpose um so if you had like a, a bat wing call and you were trying to key key on it i mean good luck you know it's pretty tough um if you can do that then you know definitely go enter some competitions uh win some medals and some, some money or something because uh uh it, it's tough to do so that's why we have a wide variety of calls um and, and if you ever have questions about it please don't hesitate go on our website there's a little uh tab on the bottom and send us a message uh, we'll we'll definitely get back with you and help you through it if you need a custom call made we can do that too um, but you know, we're here for the, for just your average turkey hunter, uh, the person that just likes to get out and go when they can, uh, all the way to the diehard turkey hunters who know exactly what they want. Um, so I, I feel like we have a good variety for everyone out there. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think it's interesting to me 
the the reservations that people have about reaching out to call makers. Like I'll have people who will send me a message who need to be sending you a message. And they're like, you know, like, Oh, what, what call was that? And I'm like, Oh, it's the bee's knees. And I'm like, well, why is it a good call? And I'm like, I don't know. It makes good noise. Like you need to contact Daniel, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, you want to ask me why a pod call makes a good noise. Maybe I can give you, you know, a start to that, but like, I, I have no idea. And, and I encourage anybody who's listening to this, reach out to Daniel. He doesn't bite very hard. And so it, the, the information he gives is good. Um, the call makers like also to have, I know this is kind of hard to believe, but call makers like talking about calls. And so there, there's never going to be a moment that someone's not going to reach out to you and talk to you. I mean, they, they, they love talking about it to the point where if I send Chase anything turkey call related, like my turkey call related, he doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. He just keeps <laughs> scrolling. And so, you know, it is what it is. But what, let, let's pry a little further into this. What was the what was the reason? Like what what was the moment where you said, I want the headache of having my own turkey call company? So. <clears throat> I made a few calls for some friends and we tried them and we, and we really liked them. Uh, and then one day, I, I believe we were on the way to, we were on the way to church and uh, a song popped in my head and uh, it, ha- it goes, it, it's uh, Psalm 19 uh, in the Bible. And, and that really, it talks about the, the honeycomb and it's talking about the, the law of the Lord as sweet as, as honeycomb. And for some reason, honeycomb just stuck in my head. And I don't know why I tied it in to, to turkey hunting, maybe like, you know, sweet sounds of, of uh, turkeys gobbling or, or calling or something along those lines, something crazy. Uh, but anyhow, so I took it and just ran with it and we went for it. And man, it, it's been a success so far for us. Um, we truly appreciate all of the people who have reached out to us and, and uh, used our calls and put faith in us because we, we work hard. We know you're, you work hard to earn your money. and and we work hard to provide you a good call that you can you spend money on and, and go and take to the woods and, and take other friends hunting, uh, share the good news with people um, along the way and just enjoy the, 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 the uh, creation that we have and, and the woods and, and the animals. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to us. And we're so thankful to be able to do that. And we hope to never take that for granted uh, on a daily basis. I, I like that story, man. It, it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of how we got started here was, you know, it, it was words stick in your mind and they just kind of hang there. And, and so you may not know this and some of the new listeners may not know this, but Chase isn't the OG co-host to, to the show. I had a, a lifelong buddy at the time who, who we started this and, and we kept talking about how we like chasing these adventures, chasing these things, chasing these tales. And it was like chasing tales. Oh, chasing tales. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, well, what if we could be a little more original with that, right? Like, what are we really after? You're after that pursuit, and especially turkey hunters, man. Like, I don't know a single group of people who could go weeks on end not killing a turkey, killing whatever it is they're going after. But if just having heard or having an encounter, they're okay with it. Like, the baseline for a turkey hunter is like, I just want to hear him talk to me today. Like, I want to make a noise, and I want that engagement. And if I can have that baseline, we're there. We're golden. The day's made from the jump. Yeah, exactly. We go and we wear out a good pair of boots, walking <laughs> miles and miles through swamps, and it's like ten thousand degrees and a million mosquitoes eating you up. And hey, whoever made the thermosel, shout out to that guy because he has saved my life lots of times, many times over. 
but yeah, man, we're, we just want to get out and, and hear them talk to us. Yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. So how did you get into turkey hunting? What's, what's the backstory to that, man? Who got you into it? So I, yeah, so I, I got into turkey hunting. Um, I was younger. I don't know what age. Uh, my dad took me out to a little piece of property we had. That's a big magnolia tree. And we took some, you know, the, the fallen branches, still had the leaves on them and got behind them. And, and we watched like seven hens come by. And I just seeing the colors of the, of the turkeys and just how they work through the woods. It was just incredible. Nothing gobbled that day. There was, you know, we didn't pull the trigger. Just being out there, it was awesome. So that that was the very first memory that I have uh, turkey hunting. And uh, and since then, I've had uh, a couple of people kind of mentor me um, through the process and, and been able to take me off turkey hunt and uh, bag a few birds and and kind of show me the, the ropes. And I've been very fortunate to have someone do that for me. And I, I highly suggest if, you know, for the listeners that they get out there and find someone like that. Don't be afraid to, don't, don't be afraid to reach out and ask people for help. Um, Cause you'd be surprised by the people that will help. Um, but that's kind of how I got started. And uh, ever since I heard the first, first gobble and brought them in and, and uh, pulled the trigger, man, we were, we were hooked. And, and then uh, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. It's, uh, it's unique because before I found turkey hunting, um, I wasn't a big fan of the state of Florida. Um, I, it, it's hot and I don't do hot. Um, the, the, the deer hunting, uh, unless you're in pockets can be really like tough. And so, you know, the fishing was there. And so that kind of helped. And then in 2020, I get introduced to turkey hunting and I realized Florida is a pretty freaking good state for turkey hunting, man. Like it's, um, I don't think anybody should travel from out of state to hunt here because it's too far of a drive and you shouldn't be on the road for that long. But <laughs> you know, like it, 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 my passion for turkey hunting landing here, like you know, that was a a god thing, making sure I correlated at the right place and time because I had dabbled in it in Georgia, but it wasn't the same thing, man. It's it's a different animal. Turkey hunting in Florida is is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. And especially in our area, uh, it, there's a lot of, of places to actually get out and go hunt. Um, and, and now don't get me wrong, you have to get out and go hunt sometimes, uh, most of the time. Um, you know, swamps and alligators and snakes and mosquitoes, like we said, you got to get out there and earn it. Um, but when you do, when you have that gobbler come in and, and you're able to, to squeeze the trigger, uh, it, it, it pays for itself right there. But uh, yeah, like you said, you know, out of state, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a far drive. There, there's lots of mosquitoes. So, <laughs> you know, snakes. Right. alligators. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, people vandalize your vehicles everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crime, crime ridden uh, location. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I have trouble. Like sometimes I feel conflicted. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, man, or chase, if you've ever felt this way, like sometimes I kind of want to like not film turkeys and, and not, not post any kills because I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have a big platform and I don't want to like <laughs> draw unnecessary attention to it. And I don't know, man, it feels, uh, I don't know. It feels delicate sometimes, but I'm, I'm curious. What have you, what is, 
what's the best way I can ask this question? I've, I've been pondering this the most of the day leading up to this episode, but what, what has it been like, you know, you were a, a consumer of Turkey gear and a user of Turkey gear and you're still a consumer and user, but in a different light being on the other end of the spectrum, does it, how has that impacted your perspective as a Turkey, uh, Turkey hunter? It's made me practice year round. And I think that's where I, I fell short uh, prior. Turkey season's, you know, a couple, a month, couple months, you know, whatever, however you want to classify it, um, it you know, for in-state. And, you know, two weeks before you pull your mouth call out and, oh, let's go buy, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and you have no idea what cut it is. You have no idea about the call. It just looks good sitting on the shelf and you grab it. Um, and you try it and, and you just sound average. You, you sound bad. You sound average. Um, and you're frustrated. And then you get in the woods and you yelp way too loud and you, and I blow a turkey off the roost or, or, uh, scare him off as he's coming in, um, you know, not paying attention. So being a turkey call maker, I've had to practice year round, which has really developed and improved my turkey calling, um, which is vital, as you know, the turkey hunting. So, like I said, practice makes uh, perfect and for, for turkey hunters. And, and take a mouth call and use it year-round. Um, practice, listen, go on YouTube, um, find videos of, of hens. And if you can, get in the outdoors and, and try to listen. But there's no substitute for practice and hard work. And, I, you know, it goes for turkey hunting. Um, so I, I would say that's probably the, the biggest uh, change that, that has uh, impacted my game here recently. That makes good sense. So do you get to turkey hunt as much uh, now that you make calls as you, as you once did? I mean, is that, is that the part, like, do you get to spend like January through, through March staging calls and then you just, uh, you know, have, have somebody drop shipping them for you or what? No, 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 no. Let, let me tell you, every call is, is made by me. I, I make every call, uh, every, every single one of them. Um, and yeah, it's definitely eaten to my turkey hunting time. Um, I have not been able to go as much this year as I had hoped. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, but at the, at the same time, it, it's kind of frustrating um, um, not to be able to get out in the woods. But um, yeah. Uh, it's been different. Well, if, if you notice the chuckles there, um, God, how do I say this without? I I learned that not everybody makes their own calls, and when I learned that at the other day, I reached out to Daniel in the middle of the night. We were we were working on some bookkeeping for him, and and I reached out to him in the middle of the night. Just the thought popped into my mind. I just I just asked the question, and I guess this would be kind of akin to asking like, how much do you, do you make in a year? And like, you'd never ask those kind of questions, I guess, because he has not let me live it down. In fact, he called me an old man gently today as retribution, um, which. No, 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 no. See, I, season. That, that's great. Season. season. Older season. And, and I would gladly tell you how, you know, profit margin, but. To, to insult the man and say he doesn't make his turkey call. Come on now. <laughs> oh man! Well, you can can't you you can now. Do you spend a lot of time in the off season, like pre making these calls, like or 
I mean, you hadn't been in it long, so I don't know if you know, like, okay, this is how many calls I need to possibly make before the season to kind of get you by during mm-hmm. turkey season or anything like that. Or is, are you trying to figure that out? Or, I mean, you, you if I guess you could blow up even more and still be way behind the eight ball next year as well. So I'm sure I, after a little bit of time, you could probably work on those calls in the summer or whenever you're not deer hunting or turkey hunting or something like that. Yeah, we officially opened in, in February of last year. Um, so there was no prep for that. Um, and, you know, it was smaller. Uh, there wasn't, it wasn't gaining tons of traction by any means. Um, but we did well. Uh, and we got our calls passed around, especially to a lot of locals who have been um, very good to us. Uh, and then coming into this year, we started making our friction calls. So that kind of ate up some time um, trying to get those, you know, perfected to how we like them and the sound that comes from them. Um, but going into next year, we definitely have a, a better idea of, you know, what we need to do to be able to prepare uh, in the off season for turkey season so that we can um, take some time to, to actually go hunt and, and not uh, make turkey calls uh, in our free time. Right. Now, did you start this business to maybe be able to go out and do more turkey hunting, like out of state or like, I don't know what you do, your day job is or anything, but I know some people Walt, or included or whatever is like, oh, I can make these calls and maybe I can afford to go out of state now or do certain trips, things like that. Yeah, it's not necessarily our goal. Um, our, our goal is more of providing a good turkey call to people um, and we're really starting locally. Um, so definitely starting around, you know, Perry, um, Taylor County area, getting into Tallahassee and that area and, and down South, trying to start in Florida, um, and, and kind of see how it goes. Um, but we're definitely all in on it. We love it. Um, and wouldn't trade it for anything. And, um, I, I don't think we're doing it to, uh, if you say make a profit to travel out of state, um, that's not necessarily a goal of, um, it's more of just providing people with good quality turkey calls that are, you know, full of energy, full of life, easy to use, um, has a personal touch to it, um, and a, a good story behind it. Nice. I like that, man. I really like focusing on the Florida related uh, hunters. Obviously, that's the majority of our base, and we, we try and focus on, on brands and companies that are re- relevant to them which is one of the reasons why I was thrilled to have you partner with the, the giveaway. And, you know, I, I kind of am of the opinion that your public land or your, just your, just your hunters in Florida alone tend to be of a different breed because, you know, the further South you get, the hotter it stays and they're still out there doing it. The further South you get, the earlier the season begins and the more people you have and less land. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things I really, I, it appeals to me that you're, that you're targeting that audience because they're, they're the, I feel like the apex consumer in the, in the Southeast for sure. Um, that's not to say anything disparaging about Mississippi and South Carolina and Alabama. It's just, it feels like it's a little different uh, here. And I'm sure everybody feels that way in their home state, but we're right this time. <laughs> yeah we like, like you said, we just wanted to start a local and, and uh we know some really good turkey hunters in the area diehard uh turkey hunters um some of the best ones i've ever been around and they know how to to harvest birds and, and they know how to run turkey calls and we've been fortunate enough to to be able to 
get our calls to those guys, some of the locals. Um, and then we were fortunate enough to reach out and um, to partner up with a few people. Um, we, we partnered up with um, Florida Outdoor Experience and Florida Camo down south. Um, and we've also partnered with a couple people in North Carolina, um, which is the Carolina tradition. Yep. And Ryan Nitz also. Uh, we we brought out a, a signature call with him. Um, I think he was one of the first. He was the first one that we did a signature call for, and uh, everyone's liked it, man. We we've had great feedback. I mean, the pictures speak for themselves. Um, and if you want to see some turkeys killed, man, just go follow his page. It's it's incredible what they can do and uh, how they can get after those tough Osceolas. Yeah, but if you had seven days to hunt him, you could kill him like that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. He, they, they work on him. They, they, no, do, they a do a great job. They and, do, and they're 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 getting it on camera too, which is even more impressive. Because if you've ever tried that line, it's different. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, I mean, you're trying to film, aren't you? Yeah, um, I got a I got a buddy of mine. Um, he helps me out with a lot of this, um, and he definitely helps out a lot with the tail and tide side of it. He came up with the so we we have kind of two sides of our business right now because turkey hunting is such a uh, it's such a, a short season. We have we came up with like a fishing um, apparel line called Honeycomb Telling Tides, and so my buddy came up with a great logo. So I, I have him to to kind of help out with that um he's done a lot for that and he's a fantastic turkey hunter one of the best ones out there so uh, we we purchased a camera and he's been able to get some good footage this year but uh you know because he's he's definitely had the time to get out there and do it um and he's like i said he's a fantastic turkey hunter so he knows what he's doing um and it's just adapting to that getting them on camera um and uh it's working out well though that's good, man. It's a, uh, it's it's a di- it's a tough life trying to get something that has eyesight as good as a turkey on camera. Especially, I mean, I darn near gave up last. Actually, no, I'll be honest with you. I first two years I turkey hunted, I did, I almost didn't take a camera at all. I mean, almost at all, just because I wanted to focus on turkey hunting and trying to figure out what I was doing. This year, Chase and I have tried to make a concerted effort to take the cameras, and it's paid off. But I mean, that's a that's a tough venture um so i'm curious what states have you killed turkeys in or have you pursued turkeys in you know that that's a great question i've only been in the state of florida i haven't traveled out um growing up we played a lot of sports we played uh baseball 24 7 and uh, that really ate up a lot of my time um and then went into uh to college and and you know pursued a tough degree and it's just taken a lot of time and and uh you know i guess that could be seen as an excuse uh, but i mean that's just the the truth of the matter um so we we haven't been um out of state too much um just mainly staying in florida gotcha we need we need to fix that you need to come hunt with hunt, what are you doing this weekend <laughs> yeah really hey i'm, I'm ready uh, i got i got I'm starting to get a little more free time on my hands so, uh-huh. uh, so it, things are going to change around here with that uh for sure <laughs> i i announced much to my wife's dismay that i have a new life venture 
uh, another one. So you've got the podcast, the tax business, the the turkey call endeavor, and my regular nine to five. I told her I want to get all 49 by 49. So that gives me, uh, God, I'm going to count it, thir- uh, 17 years to get it done, 18 years to get it done, somewhere in that range. So I got to start chapping away at some states. So uh, I- I'll make you a deal. I'll-, I'll run the camera for you first, but after you dust a bird, you got to run the camera for me. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it, man. You just <laughs> tell me when and where, and we'll make a plan in advance, and we will go give it a shot. That that right there is the tale of a busy busy man. He says a plan in advance. <laughs> <laughs> in advance. In advance. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. That's that's all. It was, so you, you you've got a couple of extra years on me, so you've got close to twenty years for that one. To get it by forty nine. Each other here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. So let's let's do this. We have a lot of new turkey hunters on the podcast who listen to the podcast. A lot of new turkey hunters. I'm talking. We got guys who before they started listening to the turkeys to the podcast. Before I fell in love with turkey hunting, they just they were just straight deer dudes, and they had a lot of fun doing it. And then I convinced them to buy like one five dollar mouth call and get out there and and kill a bird uh the guy who's listening to this podcast he's he's picked up on the passion of turkey hunting he's like okay i'm gonna go to honeycomb and i'm gonna buy a couple calls i'm talking this guy knows nothing what calls are you telling him to get and why that's the important part why um i guess the the main question that i would have is how many turkey calls do you want to buy if you want to buy one then I, i would have an answer if you want to buy three that would really help um, and help with your calling technique. So, you know, I would recommend purchasing three and the three that I would get would be somewhere along the lines of a split B probably being the baby B. And I would go for a, uh, a, a combo cut, which is the crazy B. And then I would go for the offset ghost cut, which is uh, the birds and the bees. Those three are going to give you all the tones that you need. Um, so you're going to be able to put in the crazy bee. Yep. The, the gray one. And that's going to be more raspy. Uh, it's not going to be too raspy, but it, it's going to be, you know, more on the raspy side. The white one you had, there's the bees and the knee. Uh, yep. The birds and the bees. And that one is a high pitched uh, call. Great for um, kiki runs and wines, that kind of thing. It, it's, it's my personal favorite. Um, and then you're going to have the split V, which I think, what we were talking about earlier chase really likes um those calls and i would recommend the baby b it's two reads really easy to use um it can be more raspy but it's going to give you just a straight airflow um, Mm -hmm. easy to cut on easy to yelp on um and and those would be the three that i would go with okay so with that being said the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I have a recommendation on where you should go to get information for how to learn to turkey uh, call you know we, we're big fans of scott ellis's turkey tech app big time that being said i feel like 
some wisdom could be shared on where some, someone should start outside of the Yelp, because we're just going to take that off the table. It's too easy. And I'm not sending you any more softballs the, the rest of this podcast, but what calls do you think are most important for that person to start practicing? Just for yelping. No, no, no. I said outside of yelping, like yelping is the obvious oh, one. Okay. Yeah. What, what yeah, other yeah. sequences are you using? Yeah. So if, if you're, so first, like one thing that Turkey, hunters want to do they want to get out there and blow on the call and be the loudest thing in the woods because you're, you're so excited and, and man i just gotta i gotta tell him because he didn't answer me last time so you, you go really loud but that's not really what you want to do uh, you know keep it soft and and um and, and and be real quiet with your calling i feel like that that is going to bring a lot of success now there are times to ramp it up uh, but you know try to try to keep it on the lower end um so it you know, that's just with standard Yelps, tree Yelps, that kind of thing. Um, my personal favorite is, you know, if you're going to get him fired up, we got to go to cutting. Um, and if you're going to go to cutting, you probably want something like the crazy bee, uh, something with that, that offset uh, or with the, uh, the combo cut where you can really bear down and, and hammer on him. But then, you know, when he's coming in close and you know, the bird is, is there, you know, he's there, but you not wanting to close, then you got to switch it up. Um, so it's just the scratching in the leaves. Um, it's, it's little, if you can whine on a call, that's fantastic. If you're doing feeding yelps and you're just saying, Hey, you know, gobbler, everything's all right. I'm, I'm right here. Everything's on the up and up. I'm just hanging out, feeding, come on in and, and let's see what we're doing. Um, I feel like those would be kind of the tactics that I would uh, employ whenever trying to, to bring one in, but every situation is so different. Um, and for example, I, I had a fella send me a message today, said he, he was walking through the woods and 650, heard one gobble. He only gobbled twice, sat down, set up a decoy, and he was there in five minutes. I mean, there's no yelping really with that. I mean, don't overcall in that situation. Just, just be patient. Um, and then there are other times when you get into the evening hunt, when you have to sit down, you have to come up with a call sequence. Um, and a lot of times what we like to do is we like to have a slate in our lap and two calls in our mouth and we're switching through running a sequence. Um, and, you, and you're, you know, slowly ramp it up and, and you're really listening, you're listening for sitting drumming um, and, and, and trying to, to sound like a group of hens there hanging out, trying to draw him in. I like that, man. I like that a lot. We've got uh, a lot of new guys, but we need to really start trying to crank out some content related to them, which is always difficult because there's a lot of good stuff out there for them. Um, but I think one of the, one of the biggest things that we get requests for is, you know, the calling sequences or the calls don't sound well, or is this what it's supposed to be? And so um, I appreciate you sharing that for a lot of people here. I think uh, I can think of a couple individuals who are going to really appreciate that specifically. Um, not going to name them by name, but uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get their, their, their feet wet in the Turkey woods, which isn't hard in Florida, but, uh, and definitely, you know, try to get into the woods and listen to some turkeys. If you can't, yeah. uh, um, then, then go on YouTube, you know, find a good group, um, of, of people who have posted some good videos and, and just listen and sit there and try to mimic them. Um, and I know it's been said over and over, but, but practice makes perfect in this situation and, and you got to have a game plan going into it 
reps, you're going to get really excited and, and have buzzer brain and, and, and just mess the whole situation up, be frustrated, ready to sell your turkey gear. And that turkey call maker has <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. Um, so, like I said, you know, practice just makes perfect in this situation. Yeah. Definitely got to practice. What you said about a sequence, I don't know that I've ever really considered that, honestly. Like, I don't think I've ever – like, I think I, I subconsciously consider it, but I don't think I've ever thought about coming up with a sequence. But Chase, I don't know, Daniel, Did you probably, you're too busy. I'm not even going to ask the question, but we posted a video where a hen came through and she had one hellacious call-in sequence. And I hadn't considered the idea that when blind calling that there might be a, like a, a playbook of sorts. Yeah, it depends. I think it depends on what you're, what you're doing and what time of day it is you know early in the morning are you running and gunning or are you sitting where you know one is, uh where a turkey is um and that's going to change you know how you play that um, if you're running and gunning you there's a sequence associated with that that we like to use and a lot of times it'll it'll strike gobblers um in the evenings it's you know could be completely different you're just sitting there you know you, you creep into the woods and and you're in a great spot you know where they're hanging out but what you don't want to do is you don't want to come in, you know, sneak in quietly, get there, and all of a sudden just go to go to town on the, the call and, and blow everything out of the woods. Um, I haven't found much success with that. And you want to talk about them hang up at 60 and not come in, then, it, you know, that's what happens when you're, when you're super loud with it. Uh, so we really like to, to bring it down, you know, get, get their attention, get them excited, you know, tell them you're there, but definitely – bringing the volume down and, and try to get them closer. Um, and then if that doesn't work, the old belly crawl is the next best. <laughs> I thought you were going to say TSS. Yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, as long as we're taking good ethical shots, you know, that, that's the whole pattern you're gun in the off season. I, I'm yeah. not going to tell you when to shoot and uh, just, just make a good shot with it. So you're not going to tell them where to shoot. Just use a honeycomb custom calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you didn't kill that bird, it's because you didn't use one, right? Yeah, that, that, that's uh, something like that. <laughs> so, so if you, a if, gobbler guaranteed each call. Oh, now that that's, yeah. uh, that's if you have a problem with that, just you know, if, if chasing tails outdoors, then they're the people you need to call. We'll come run it for them. How about that? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, in fact, yeah, you can just, drop it. Uh, Drop a pin anywhere you can't kill a bird, and we'll come help you with that problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just tell me where he's at, and, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send somebody. We'll send yeah. a professional out there. It won't be us, but we'll send a professional yeah, out no. there. Send a professional out there. So I'm curious did you did you think I was going to be pulling as many shenanigans on the podcast? Because when we talk on the phone, I cut up a lot. But yeah, no man, go. I'm expecting more. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm ready for them. <laughs> no man no i it's uh it's always good to get people on the show who have a have a passion for this thing man and i feel like people who pursue like turkey call making have like a different level of i don't want to say passion but there's a different level of intimacy with the situation like you know before i started making calls i didn't understand how they were made and then i realized they're acoustic instruments right there's like a there's a there's a there's a science to what you're doing you're not just you know ordering a call and having it you know show up and some dude isn't just putting it into a press and just you know 
hoping it makes a turkey and enough noise. Like there's a, every one of your calls. One of the things that early on in my turkey hunting career was difficult was like, like you have 13 calls. It's like, surely they don't all make 13 different noises. Yeah, they do. Like the idea, like what you said, having two in your mouth to where you can, you can alternate between the different, the different uh, tones there, I think is huge. Have you ever, have you ever like completely switched the playbook up on a turkey, like had them hang up and then just like through like a Hail Mary at them and had it work? And if so, what'd you do? Um, I'm trying to think of a specific um, time that, that this, oh, I, okay, I can tell you one. Um, so <laughs> this is a funny story too. Uh, buddy, a buddy and, and I went out to a, a, a piece of public and heard three birds and, you know, gobbling in the tree and we snuck in on them and whatnot. And, and we yelp, yelp, yelp. And, uh, you know, like I said, just kind of playing the quiet game on them. Um, and, and just waited patiently. Nothing was happening. And then you, like you said, you kind of have to know when all right, it's time to, to ramp up the call and it, it's time to start getting aggressive. Um, and I, I think it was, I think it was Ray Martin on here was talking about, they really like to play aggressive, you know, with, with their turkeys, Osceola's down there. Um, so that's what we did. We, I ramped, you know, ramped up the calling, went to a lot of cutting, a lot of cutting. Um, and that, that's all that I stuck with really was just sticking to the hard cutting and the three gobblers for whatever reason, it was just different. They, they came running in and we were in an area that um, required you to use a, a different caliber of gun uh, to, to shoot the turkey. And uh, <laughs> so a buddy of mine was using it and, um, and I told him where the, you, you had to cock the hammer back and you know, turn the safety and then, then to, to cock the hammer, you had to turn safety on, you know, and turn safety off and he could not figure it out. Well, when they finally got to 10 steps, I, had just had enough and and we couldn't let him go so I, I had to take one out of the bunch and then proceed to laugh at him so that, that was a uh, a time I won't forget but you know that's one time where the the you know soft calling kind of flew in our face and like nothing was working so we had to get them fired up to bring them in and sure enough it worked I had a similar experience this, this year on my second bird I started off real soft calling he only gobbled once on the roost and once when he hit the ground that was it and he and I did this little tango on top of the, of a, of a little pine knoll that was out there. And he eventually got bored and slipped off the backside. And when he slipped off the backside, I came around and I needed to know where he was because it was a fresh burn and I could be really exposed. And he actually gave his position away with a, with a random gobble. And I put the binoculars up and I could see the Joker and he was not responding to any of the soft yelps. I'm talking like soft, like one through five. He was not interested. And like you said, I tend to start off on the low end of the spectrum and then overinvest in the bird as he tells me. Take uh, A good friend of mine calls it taking the temperature of the bird. It was the first time I ever heard that, right? And, and um, Adam Cruz was here, and he was doing some real high-end, like spaced-out cuts, like a boop, boop. It was like a sequence I had never heard before. And it was real squeaky. I'm talking squeaky, but intentionally. It wasn't just, he's not a bad caller. He just, you know, it was intentionally high end. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to throw one of those at him and just see what happens. Because the day before, he had elicited a similar reaction. And so I, I did that call in sequence and the bird double gobbles. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And so a little bit of time goes by. He gobbles on its own again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to feed the bird. I'm going to keep. 
I'm gonna keep throwing it at him. And as long as he continues to gobble at me, um, and I just kept cutting and cutting and cutting and he would get closer and closer and closer. And finally he shuts down on the goblin mostly. And he's, he's just spitting and drumming just like a madman. And I'd go, da, 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 and he just me blow up and he's like, show up, you know? And I firmly believe I wouldn't have killed that bird if I hadn't escalated sharply and then maintained kind of that point. If I had backed back off, I don't think I would have killed that bird. Yeah, sometimes it's definitely you, you gotta, like I said, take his temperature and go with it. Go with what's working and and just it's trial and error. There's no written script out there. Um, at least I haven't found it. If, if y'all find it, feel free. To send it <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, buddy of mine told me the best calling sequence the the right calling sequence is the one that ends up with a shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's the one that it's the one that works. Yeah, yeah. He said yeah. he said no matter what happens outside of that, you don't you don't get a shot on the bird. It was the wrong call in sequence. Doesn't matter how how you know Shane Simpson you sounded. It does not make a lick of difference. It was the wrong thing to say at that time. So obviously he's yeah, being. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying you know calling and, and all that's great and uh, you know woodsmanship though plays a huge part of it. Um, I know people who aren't the best callers, but their woodsmanship skills are absolutely fantastic. And they're able to get into the zone, get into the bubble with the gobbler, and, man, they can just wear them out uh, by just being skilled in the wood. So, you know, definitely don't take that one for granted. Oh, yeah. Who's it? Um, Dave Owens, Penhody. He says it's like 90% woodsmanship, 10% calling, or at least that's what he believes. Exactly. And he's <laughs> grand champion or what national I was champion, say, turkey caller or whatever. He has the luxury of 10% only being what matters. But, <laughs> but I mean, if somebody like that's saying that, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you got to be where the birds are. I mean, if you ain't there, don't mind how good of a caller you are. Um, if there's no birds yeah, there. That- you're sitting in the Walmart the parking number. lot calling. You can be sounding the best you can. If there ain't no birds there, you ain't going to kill one in the parking nope. lot. <laughs> so yeah, the number one way to kill turkeys is to have turkeys and have land that has turkeys. And uh, that is a huge part of it. Um, but uh, the, the calling does help. Oh, yeah. It all helps. Like I said, it's just something else to make you more successful. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're willing to put in a little more practice on the calls, sound a little more realistic, then you might go from killing that one bird to tagging out mm-hmm. every year instead of struggling for two or three weeks. Um, so it's, it definitely makes uh, a difference. I, I think hunting with other turkey hunters, regardless of their skill set, is a great way to learn things, especially if you go into it with the mindset of trying to find what they did right that, um, that worked. You know, I've got – can't believe I spent the money on it because I've already got three alcohols, but it's the hooks mm-hmm. custom call, uh, whatever their custom alcohol is called. But, um, I'm in the woods with Ron, uh, who had just killed his first bird, uh, previously for the Alabama opener. He drove it to Florida and we were going to hunt one half the day. And we're sitting there in, in a place I call death row. I'm a five, four out of the last five turkeys I've killed have been in this bottom. It's just loaded with turkeys and, and, and they always want to play. It seems like. And so we get there and I've got this Haydell hoot owl and it's fine. The only problem with it is you can max it out. Just it's a little finicky on the, on the high end. It's easy to max out. And so 
Ron uh, in very gentle fashions, like, hey, can I try? And I'm like, yeah, I know. My turkey call sucks. Go ahead. You know, my, my alcohol sucks. Try yours. And he pulls that joker out and starts going to town. And I kid you not, it must have been 13 owls start going off and the birds just start firing off all around us because of it. And we're, we're doing the, Oh, was it this way or that? You know, like, you know, I swear it's behind us, you know? And I think it's funny because with Ron being so new to turkey hunting and having only turkey hunted a dozen, you know, maybe a dozen times total in two years, I was able to pull something from that opportunity. Just like I was able to pull something from, from Adam just by being observant. And I've learned most of my stuff just by turkey hunting with other people. I think it's a, what goes back to what you said before, find somebody to go with recognize not everybody's worth going with, but at the same time, try and find that good, that good mentor. Yeah. That's played a huge part in my turkey hunting career is, is finding other individuals who have the same mindset that you do enjoy the same things that you do and are good turkey mm-hmm. hunters, good people and, uh, and get out there and go with them. Um, and, and they'll, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll take you and show you some things and then you can teach them some things. And, you know, should we, should we walk here? Should we walk there? You know, that can become a, a a crucial point in a hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are your turkey plans for the rest of the year? Um, For me, I'm not, not a hundred percent sure. I definitely want to get into Alabama. Definitely want to try to get into Georgia and uh and see see what happens i got you yeah alabama doesn't have any birds um <laughs> none I, they, I still can't believe i'm still ticked that they get like four turkeys in a season like that that just eats me up alive that just seems unreal like it should just be federal law you get like two birds across the board period and like that's it because i'm sitting here i could be i could still be shooting turkeys in florida if i had had tags left Shooting, shooting turkeys, uh, chasing turkeys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we're going to have to get up for Georgia, man. I have a Georgia license. I hunt the snot out of Georgia. If I end up shooting a bird uh, in South Georgia soon, I'm probably going to end up buying an Alabama tag and jumping the border and trying to knock out two, ex- two extra states in a season. So I know where you, I know where you reside and there's some decent turkey hunting not far from you. So Maybe we can. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get together and, and go give it a shot and uh, see what we can come up with. Maybe we can get some some footage for for the audience. Uh, maybe we can try to share some tips and tricks if you know if we run into success and tell the story. I think that'd be a, a great collaboration. I think that'd be a fun idea. Chase and I have been talking about trying to to get up there and and do something with you. Trying. We we talked about that. You reached out first back in. I think it was like August. Was it August or September when you first reached out and we started talking about uh, the the two brands working together? And we've we've you and I have talked a lot since then. And I think it's uh, I think at some point in time the two brands are going to have to do something and and try and bring some turkey content of some sort. Whether it's how to tips, we'll get you. I'll put you behind in front of the camera because I'm not going to put my my display my calling on display as as authority in any way, shape, or form. But Oh, me either i'll make a fool of myself too so oh we'll, we'll man all be in it you lie. listen listen i'm gonna tell y'all right now the when when you send somebody sound clips and he's like hey check this out 
and you just walk inside wanting to put everything down and just walk away for a little bit. That's how you know you're dealing with a dude who makes good calls because I'm like, hey, check this out. And he's like, <laughs> dueling, dueling, dueling call sequences. You know, he, he sends me another one. And I, it's like, I'll never forget like the third pot call I made. I'm really happy with it, like super happy with it. It's making turkey noises. And he's like, hey, try check this out. And he sends me one. I'm like, God, I've got so far to go. Okay. All right. And I put that one back in the drawer and I just, I just kept going, you know, but that's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm poking fun at you and I'm not because that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with is people who, who don't have to tell me, Walter, you suck. They just show me and then I can just improve <laughs> down, down the way. Um, you know, it, no, it's, man. no, it's definitely not that. <laughs> definitely not. That. You, you, definitely not. It's you weren't, that you, you weren't using the hickory striker man it was that the was what made the difference is where it's at it it is. for whatever reason the hickory striker is the go-to hey, i had a diamond wood striker and i'm like dude listen to this thing it sounds so good and he sends me a call file back and it's just it's just freaking hen and hen in a bottle dude i'm just talking like tinks tinks would have been trying to bottle this sound if they could have and <laughs> And I'm like, he's like, man, you got to try the hickory. You got to try hickory. So I ordered a, a hickory. No, I had one of your hickory strikers. And so I went out back and I tried it with the hickory and it just winds on the front end. And then this just rolls over into this beautiful yacht. And the striker took, cause it's equally part of the, of the mu musical instrument as well. If the striker makes the call even better. And so, um, it, it's been awesome, but dude, seriously, you want, you, you need, calling advice you need to shoot him a dm because the man can do things with a mouth call that i no way shape or form can i even get close to it i'm, I'm good with like almost a key key run about 50 percent of the time and that dude can crush it for sure so um, well, i got a, i got a question go for it buddy for you uh uh several people i know cannot run a mouth call because it makes them gag like it's just the, the gag factors in there. Now, do you make any like mouth calls that are less likely to do that? So Chase, I think your question was uh, basically, do you make a smaller mouth call? So there's two different things that helps me as a turkey call maker um, kind of get a good mouth call for you. The first would be the size of the frame. If it's the frame, the metal piece that is uh, too large for you, then you need to switch to a use size mouth call. And um, that's something that, that I can work with and, and make for you. Um, and then the second would be the size of the tape. Um, if the tape is too large and that's gonna need trimming um, and, and we can do that also. Uh, we don't have a, don't have the use size press currently, uh, but I'm able to you know, cut it out, trace it out for you and uh, make the, the smaller size mouth call. Okay. Has, have you had any experience doing that for anybody where they had that issue and you were able to resolve it doing that? Yeah. So we had a gentleman come up to us at the, uh, the Florida uh, Fiddler Crab Festival, uh, just the Fiddler Crab Festival there in Steenhatchee, uh, local. And an individual came up and he's like, hey, man, I can only run, you know, small use size mouth calls. So I handed him the baby V. I was like, look, try it. If you don't like it, throw it in the garbage. You know, it, it's all good. And he tried it and he's like, I cannot run these large, you know, normal uh, adult size mouth calls. I have to have the smaller one. That's, that's the one you have there, Walt, the baby B. It, it just, you know, it, like you said, the gag reflex kicked in and he couldn't use it. So I made him a couple of the youth size and he fell in love with them. Um, he said they work great. And uh, 
and wanted a few more. So I found success with, with the smaller ones. So that was good to be able to help him out with that. Um, and if, if there's okay. someone out there that needs that, man, just please reach out to us. We're more than willing to do what we can to try to help you find a good mouth call. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know a few people that just trying to run the regular size that they just can't do it. It's just, <laughs> nothing comes out or they're gagging the entire mm-hmm. time. So <laughs> they just stick to the friction style calls. Yeah. They'd like say, to run a mouth call, but right. Yeah. Happening. <laughs> so I guess, I guess my question is for somebody, <clears throat> for somebody listening, <laughs> not, not somebody on the podcast, but for somebody listening, uh, how do they, how would does one know, because I don't have the gag issue, but how would I know if I need a smaller frame? Like for me, I've always felt like some calls stick between my teeth a little, like too far down off the top of my mouth, the roof of my mouth. How far is that? How close to the top of your mouth is that call supposed to be? Uh, I don't have the exact scientific measurement there. Gotcha. We skipped that one in, in physics class, but I think it's just, <laughs> just getting it comfortable. Um, you know, and if, if you can't yeah. run it, then you got to switch over and, and just try something different. Um, maybe, you know, try the U size mouth call, maybe try trimming the tape down on, on a cheap call first, just to see. Um, and, and like, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, practice makes perfect. Don't grab it right. You know, two weeks before Turkey season go, well, I can't use it. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be May, you know, and then it's gotta be August and September, pull it back out in December, try it again. Um, and, and see if you like it. And if you don't, like I said, just reach out to us. We'll do our best to try to help you find one. I like that, man. I think, I think there's more people. I, I have a feeling there are more people who need a different size mouth call uh, than realize it. Cause I was just talking, Chase, you brought that up. I got two of my buddies who buy the youth mouth calls just for that reason. And they only recently did that when they found out that people made youth size mouth calls. But I mean, I think it's one of those things you got to play around with for sure. So before I let you go, is there anything people need to know? I, I've got a closing question. I always have a closing question. Um, actually, I have a closing remark, and then I have a closing question. Um, Chase, do you have anything you want to you wanna zing at him before? Uh, no? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wanted to throw the gag thing at him just to <laughs> see if he had an answer for it. <laughs> Be careful how you say that, Chase. Um <laughs> <laughs> all right so at the risk of acknowledging that my backdrop as a professional podcaster is somewhat lacking i have to remark that the office of a custom call turkey maker only has a deer behind him what's what's the deal with that sir uh, that one you're gonna have to talk to the boss and uh and she's she's in the living room right now this is this is her office and uh, <laughs> And I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, She can hear, huh? Yeah, that's why I don't have anything displayed behind me. That's why I have a book of bad dad jokes and and some candles and some other stuff. Now, I've got a quiver full of arrows up there, and i got deer mounted over there, but it's not in my actual. Oh, there you go. you've You've got a, there you go. The rest of the wall. A pencil, yeah. She doesn't share your passion for the turkey, the wild uh, turkey gobbler? Oh, man. You know how it goes. Go outside and do that. Don't do that in here. I've heard enough. Aren't you done with those? I'm going to throw them all out. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a, it's a thing, man. It's a thing for sure. Okay. So my closing question, it's a humdinger. Okay. Your most embarrassing turkey hunting story. Easy. Easy. Oh, I left meat on the bone. Anytime they respond that easy, uh, it's, it's, I left meat on the bone. Okay, go ahead. I've listened to this podcast and, and there's some, (laughs) there's some real good final questions and you're going to hit me with the most embarrassing one. And I've thought about that one before. That's easy. So my mentor and I are hunting a piece of public and uh, it's a little bit of a heel there. And a bird is just absolutely ripping it down in the bottom. I mean, tearing it up. And sirens go by and he is choking on himself. And my, my mentor, you know, sets up behind me. I get on a tree. He goes to calling him in. And there's like a creek that runs down on the left side. And he's, turkey's coming. You're just watching him. I mean, watching him come, strut, gobble, gobble, gobble. And he gets right where I think he needs to be and I have it on him and I'm using a muzzle loading shotgun and I, I I have him in my sights and I'm like I got you buddy and I squeeze the trigger smoke flies everywhere and all I hear in the background is <laughs> and he buzzed out laughing the bird just like looks around and just eases on off and he's like what are you doing well, when I say I probably pulled the trigger and he was 150 yards, he had to be 150 yards away. And I was just so in the zone. I was younger and, and just so excited to, to see a turkey come in. And, and I didn't want him to get past me. And now I'm making excuses for a, a horrible screw up. But it paid off. You know, we, we uh, every embarrassing story, I guess, needs a success story. So we, we just went down the road and and I let him get it probably 10 steps. I made sure to let that one get close. <laughs> nice. And I, I, think you, I think you recorded it. Hopefully not. I hope he doesn't post that anywhere. I, that would be bad. Well, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to this and, uh, you want some chasing tails swag, uh, I will send anybody who's got that, uh, that on recording. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send them some hats and some magnets and some decals if uh, they want to send that in so we can be sure to put plaster that all over social, but yeah. And if you're listening, I, I think I have a little bit more money we can throw at it. <laughs> that's, not, it being out there. that's not hard. More money than me. That is very easy. So <laughs> yeah, that's all Oh, I mean, once there. it's there, yeah. Anonymous, but, uh, Man, I appreciate you carving time out your evening. I'm going to be try and wrap this up because I want to be respectful of your time. And I, I know when, when I pick up the phone and I call you in the evenings, you can, you can tell your, your, your mind's racing on things you got to do. So I really appreciate you taking time out your evening to, to chat with us. And, and I, I want to do one of these in person. My initial goal was to do this in person and the year just got away from, excuse me, the year just got away from us. Uh, as at least it got away from me, I won't speak for you, but it just, it it seemed like every opportunity just raced right on by, but uh, we're going to get up sooner rather than later. If you want to come hunt with me in Georgia, you're welcome to. Uh, I've got a fair amount of spots up there that we can go and maybe we can, maybe, maybe there'll be some fun future collaborations to come. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that'd be awesome. We'd have a good time doing it. And uh, 
I feel like all of the listeners would enjoy it and uh, and and see us make a fool of ourselves again. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, if you're interested in buying what I think to be some of the best turkey calls made out there, check out Honeycomb Custom Calls. We would love to uh, see you guys uh, patronize him, buy some calls from him, pester him, blow his inbox up with questions okay (laughs) just fully inundate him with questions but no matter what you do get outside and enjoy the great outdoors a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.